everybody. This is Greg Gutfeld. This is the one. I'm very excited about my next guest, Riley Gale. He's the front man for a fantastic band called Power Trip. Insanely Hello. talented. Pro- Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Greg? I'm doing great. I was just going to continue uh, blowing smoke up your. Ass. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say you. Were, I was going to say you're probably my top three metal bands. Uh, you've had two amazing records out so far. Uh, Manifest Decimation and Nightmare Logic, which I played nonstop. I think it was tw- throughout all of 2018. I think that's when it came out. You yes. guys are from Dallas. You guys from uh, Dallas have been around for maybe 12 years, and you're yep. kind of working on a new album, but it's been a little difficult, I imagine, right? Yep, yep. It's kind of like, uh, what's the point right now? You know? <laughs> yeah. We can't really yeah. do anything with it, so what's, what's the point? Is your experience during this shutdown weird? Like, it do, do weird, like, I feel weird things. Like, I get up really early. It's Does that happen to you? I, I, I sleep like I'm, I, I have been getting up particularly early. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of seem to have this double sleep pattern where I basically <laughs> sleep twice a day, and it's for a couple yeah. hours each time. And so it'll yeah. be like, I might, I might sleep from, like, 2 till 9 p.m. and then fall mm-hmm. back sleep again until six and then I don't know it's I have no sleep schedule whatsoever the only thing is is touring kind of prepares your body for that so I think I've been handling it I think we've all been handling it a little better than other people because we're sort of used to this kind of situation of having nothing to do and sitting around and not really needing to be on a a super specific schedule of any kind but mm-hmm. uh, but this is the longest we've ever gone. Uh, I think without touring and without ever playing a show, period. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's starting to wear on me, uh, and I mm-hmm. think everyone else in in, uh, in some and you, you know it's grinded us down. Uh, the first yeah. couple months were a breeze. We were like, oh, this is easy. This is this is just like being home, and then. We started seeing all our tours getting canceled, and then yeah, it was just like oh oh no, just a wave of dread washing over us as our income for the rest of the year evaporated uh, with every with every new case. So is this a, this might be a really stupid question, but I asked a buddy of mine who managed bands that shouldn't, and this is like a shouldn't big artist who can sustain like years and and could even retire if they wanted right now, shouldn't they be helping out the, the, the younger up and coming bands who can't weather this kind of thing financially? Are they doing it? And I'm not knowing about it. Like if if bands like you two and the Rolling Stones or whomever who are outrageously wealthy can somehow, I don't know, help out the bands that are like you're on a razor thin margin and you, and you lose these shows, you're, you're screwed. But no, I don't know if that's. I think that's a great question, a great point that that no one has really brought up or is talking about. You know, um, uh, a lot right now, a lot of musicians are focused on um, sending their money more towards uh, a lot of the other movements going on right now. But yeah, um, yeah you you know, even before all the protesting and things, you didn't really see. Uh, too many artists, certainly no uh, artist in 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 heavy metal uh, mm-hmm. kind of step up and say, look, I have this insurmountable wealth, you know, yeah. who, who needs help? And, and, and the, yeah, it, it, it's, it's been kind of interesting to see 
that sort of lack of 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 community there uh and and it's definitely frustrating um uh there was a program uh called mute there's a program called music cares which like mm-hmm. helped set up bands and stuff to to get taken care of um uh for insurance and stuff they're 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 year round but um they right. try to do a, a a covid relief program where you know anyone could sign up and as long as you prove that you know you had a show canceled or something like mm-hmm. that you could qualify for a stimulus and mm-hmm. uh and they ran out of funding in like two weeks. And so, wow. and it was only like a thousand dollars per art, you know, you know, yeah. artist, which is, which is nothing. So, um, uh, and, and they haven't been able to get funding, extra funding since. So yeah, it, it, it kind of pisses me off and, and, and you're, 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 you're dead on to notice that, but no, no one, and I understand it's their money to do what they want with, but, but no, you've never really seen, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to name any names because I don't know yeah. as far as people, you know, they could be right. people and be planning something. But no, I haven't really seen anybody step up and, and, and offer uh, uh, to help out bands and, and, and say, you know, like, uh, I'll cover your guarantees for, you know, the last month that you didn't mm-hmm. make or, or anything like that. Um, yeah. Or even help set up virtual concerts because that costs money. And it's like if you wanted, you know, if you wanted to see your band play, uh, you know, remotely, uh, they could help. They could at least help sponsor some kind of like show or event like that for 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 bands that are that are struggling through this. That that would be that would be something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. But bands have just been doing it themselves, which is fine. Yeah. You know, but yeah. right. It, it it there's there's not really it, it's 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 everyone is very much looking out for number one right now, rather right. than looking out for the community as a whole, which I think is going to have a devastating impact when it opens back up. Because uh, you know, I don't think we're going to jump right back into touring because you're mm-hmm. going to have all these bands trying to hit the road. Um, yeah, good chance that uh, you know. Um, uh, uh, shows will be more expensive uh, mm-hmm. uh, because venues will be trying to make up for lost income. Bands will probably have to take lower guarantees. Uh, t-shirt prices may have to go up five dollars. I, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, uh, music fans don't know this, but venues will take merch cuts. So right. even though you sold out their venue and you know, got them, you know, nearly a hundred K at the bar for the night or whatever, they still want to come around and take uh, <laughs> 10 to as much as 20% of your merch sales on top of it, which is, that's amazing. And you don't even make that. I mean, people good. think you make a lot of money off merch. You actually don't. It's a lot of work. Well, it is, you know? it is, it is the most, it, it is where we make the most. It is. Oh, okay. we're, we're basically oh, really? traveling t-shirt salesmen and the set, <laughs> And the set is the pitch, and that's me trying. Wow. To well, it, it's just it has the highest margins, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, and people just don't buy music the way that they they used to anymore. True. But even then, now um, pressing records has gotten more expensive because vinyl is very popular again, which is yep. cool. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it may you know it used to be a lot cheaper to press a record and 
and and now you're looking at waiting time. So yeah, shirt, shirts and merch are a huge deal. And so mm-hmm. if you're if you're a bit, you know, if, if I went out and we're taking a couple thousand dollars less off our guarantee and we're making less even though we're charging more for shirts we're making less because venues are taking cuts i it feels mm-hmm. like we grinded for these last four years only to have someone hit the reset button you, you'll love this story just because you know my dad but um <laughs> you know remember the days of, of of regular nintendo where you didn't have uh, uh save space spot so you know you kind of just had to like t- leave your tv on overnight and hope everything was okay and, exactly. and sign back on so uh my dad spent months uh trying to uh beat the first zelda game and and he finally grinded his way all the way to the box and he was ready he's gonna wake up in the morning he was gonna like beat the game he was so you know he knew exactly what he was gonna do he had it all planned out and then i got up early at some point <laughs> And I decided I wanted to play something else, and I turned off his save game. And he actually gave up. He never went back to it because it was <laughs> it was so, such a devastating blow to have put that much hard work into it, and then and then have it just erased. By that's a great his, story. His I love dumb, I love your dad son. too. Yeah, yeah. You, nope. could, you could imagine how upset he must have been. Which speaking I'm sorry, of your dad. You know, Speaking it, of it, your dad, yes, I met you. I met you and your dad together. Do you remember that? It was like in, in of course. Well, how, how, how did we meet? We met on Twitter, right? So this <laughs> is what happened. I got wind that uh, Fox News was using a Power Trip song, and yeah, uh, you know, uh, 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 initial reaction was, well, that's not uh, exactly the first choice of news uh, companies uh, uh, that would have playing our songs. But then when I found yeah. out that it was it was you, I realized that I, I was like, oh, I've seen this guy. He's had uh, Damien from Up, you know, Damien's been on and, and, and Buzzo. And like, I was like, this guy's cool. He gets it. There must be something there. And so that's why I, and, you know, I reached out to you and you were, you were like, uh, uh, you know, gracious enough to reply. And, you know, that kind of happened since then. So once I sort of figured out, I was like, oh, this dude has good taste in music and you know, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with everything that he says either, you know? So, so it, 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 it ended up being fine, but that was, yeah, uh, that was how we, we had a, we had a good time. We had a good drunken conversation when we first like, talked on the phone. It was like two hours was like, too. Yeah, two and a half yeah. hours or something. Just yeah. drunkenly talking about whatever music, yeah. going to see shows at CBGBs. Yeah. Like that, you know? Which I never got to do, obviously, but you uh, said you. But uh, uh, and then so I went to I, I met you and your dad at uh, I can't remember the, uh, the some it was a bar and we and it was it was before I had to do a book signing and I got like I got mildly drunk and we had a great time because you came with me you and your dad came with me and we hung out in a bookstore with a with what with my fan base which was quite amusing. Yeah, it was a blast. It was so, it was so interesting. I, 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 I have a picture of a, a kid in a, a full suit and a fedora, and he can't be older than, like, 10 years old. Do you remember that guy? Do you remember that Yes. Guy? Really, really well-dressed, uh, uh, red-headed kid. A uh, really sweet kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but, I think he, um, wanted to be, he wanted to be on TV. I think I remember him pitching himself. 
Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Fun, fun fact that so that so I took you to North Park Mall, which is where you yeah. know all the celebrities go to shop and stuff. And there, there, there's a bar in there. What is it? Seasons or it's like Seasons Fifty Two or something. But it's basically yeah. an air, airport bar, right? Right. Well, yeah. Recently, but it, and it's a chain. But recently, yeah. uh, uh, well, I guess about a year ago, I met King Diamond at uh oh. because he lives out in he lives out in north texas uh he yeah. lives up here and uh and i said oh uh where exactly do you live and he said oh i live in this town called frisco and uh, i won't try and do a bad british accent right now but um <laughs> yeah he uh said uh, you know i i i was like oh what do you you know what do you like to do is there anywhere you like to go hang out drink or whatever and 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 he said i, I like to go to this bar seasons and i was like <laughs> really so that's so imagine imagine i mean you know not that he'd ever imagine rolling into a bar like that a seasons kind of airport lounge style bar and seeing king yeah. Diamond in his full get up you know drinking a highball or something at, at, all by himself on like a tuesday night you know I, that that gave me a really good mental image but you know, I was, like, I was like, I might have to start lurking around that seasons just to see if you're around and say hello. But uh, yeah, yeah, and I thought that I got a kick out of that. That of all the places he likes to yeah. go, it was kind of like a, a corporate, like a businessman bar where guys hang out. But like you said, between meetings and book signings and shit like that, yeah, so that's yeah, what it is. It, that was funny. it has it has no actual weird unique character which gives it its character you know right so right it's, you know it's not the script bar ever yeah yeah it's it would be amazing if it wasn't a chain it just looked like it should be a chain yeah that would be a really interesting style yeah yeah you know? like, well, yeah frisco's nicest dive bar yeah <laughs> yes all right don't go anywhere we'll be right back it's the Perino and Steyerwalt I'll Tell You What podcast. Dana Perino of The Five and Fox News political editor Chris Steyerwalt dissect the ins and outs of national politics. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. I, want, I know that we talked a lot about drugs. And I was going to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, talking about left turn notes, I started thinking about it. I was like, I wanted to talk to you about what happened to a quote friend of mine. I'm not going to say who it is because sure. as a birthday gift, you know, uh, my friend was given um, a fairly large sum of mushrooms, psilocybin, and went up to the woods and everybody was so careful. They thought they were careful. Worst experience of her life. But it's, it's, it's weird. It's that thing where it's the worst experience, but she would not give it up for anything. Like it's something that she's glad that she did, but she's, she has now then this happened like three or four months ago and she has kind of not been the same person in the sense that like something opened up and like, it's almost like she sees what's behind the curtain or, uh, it was a horrible, ex ex number one, it was a horrible experience. She thought that the woods were after her, the furniture was after her, people were, but then she thought that nothing was real. And that was her epiphany. And I know you have, you're kind of like an expert in the field of psilocybin and its uses and its effects. What is your analysis? I, I, I'm, I'm nowhere near an expert, I, you know, especially <laughs> there's guys who are chemists who, who, who could tell yeah. you everything about this. But, you know, essentially, you know, your brain functions uh, on this, this chemical and uh, this, this chemical balance. And when you introduce 
this foreign substance into it, you know, it can obviously alter the way that you feel and perceive things. Um, yeah. I like to say that even when people, I, I like to say everyone's first trip is going to be overwhelming because yeah. what's going to happen is, is you're going to see, you're going to be able to see in a sense how the universe works. You might have a really, really like basic scientific epiphany. Like you're like, wow, yeah. you know, water gets cold and turns to ice. And then when it gets really hot, it evaporates. But you know, you sort of get to see the function. It's almost like you're watching chemistry happen. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that really makes sense, but you know. That makes total sense. Yeah. So, so you're, so you're being affected and, and you're watching it as you're happening, but what it's affecting is your, your consciousness. So things can yep. get really confusing and overwhelming. Um, because, uh, my favorite thing to do, um, uh, if someone's going to trip for a first time is I tell them to write themselves a note and to keep mm -hmm. it on them at all times. And it's a, it's a, it's a note from sober, sober Greg. So it's a, right. And it says, hey, look, you're on drugs. It might not feel like it's ever going to end, but I promise it will. You know, the world's a good place. It's beautiful. It yeah. you. No one is going to hurt you. You're not in mm -hmm. any danger, you know, and it just reassuring things and then just sign it sober, sober Greg. And, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I've had people tell me it saved their trip because it almost feels like a totem. They wouldn't even read it, just knowing that they had it on there. Right, and their person um, would bring them a, a, a big sense of relief, and uh, you know, it's um, it's never a good idea for your first trip to trip um, uh, alone or with people who have never tripped before. I think you should always mm -hmm. have one person, and and they should probably stay sober unless they're really experienced. But you should have one person, mm -hmm. as sort of a guide or someone who just so, sort of sets the tone. You say. I'm too hot. I'm too hot. You know, have someone help them out. With, mm -hmm. you know, let me get you a fan or do you need something to drink or, Oh, you don't mm -hmm. like this song. What do you want to listen to things? So, so people can just sort of relax and enjoy uh, the biggest mistake in it, which sounds like the mistake that your friend made is that they overthought it, that they, yeah. just, it's kind of like, you know, the feeling of getting on a roller coaster and once you're locked in and it leaves, there's no going yeah. back. It's right, kind of like yeah. that. You just have to sit back and enjoy the ride. And and yeah. and, and sometimes it's going to be scary. Sometimes it might be funny. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like a, a roller coaster mixed with like a, a haunted house. And it, and it is, mm -hmm. and, and it could be the most traumatic thing for you, or it could be a, a, a riot, a bit, uh, you know, uh, you're just crying, laughing all the time. I, I, if I do psychedelics, I try. I tend to seek out the most visual things. I try not to get overly contemplative, uh, mm -hmm. which mushrooms do. I think LSD, yeah. good LSD, is is much more visual and much easier to sort of control. Now you don't want to take too much. If you take too much, you can really you know yourself up. Um, yeah. Uh, not permanently, but you know you can mm -hmm. you can do some damage, and especially if you're someone who's faced deep trauma in their life, some of that stuff does come to the forefront. But you know, I, 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 the first time I ever went to Vegas, 
uh, I took uh, uh, a bunch of acid and, and, and I was, you know, uh, sort of like, I have no idea if this is a good idea or a bad idea because you have this, this, you know, Vegas is like a, a theme park for adults where you're sort of trapped Mm -hmm. into this one street and it's everything sort of cartoonish and it's, Mm-hmm. hyper capitalist and stuff and i thought mm-hmm. i was gonna overthink it and freak out and i ended up having the best time <laughs> the best trip i've ever had because i was just laughing at everything everything became mm-hmm. just visual um uh, candy land that i was just you know frolicking through for <laughs> six hours or something like that you know and 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 it, it, it can be a lot of fun and it, it can also be um, and incredibly helpful, you know, um, I, I don't consider it a, a, uh, a recreational drug. I take it very seriously. Uh, yeah. people who, who do do it recreationally, I think, you know, have a lot of experience or they're very, very comfortable with themselves or maybe they're just stupid. So, you know, sometimes yeah. stupid people can just trip and never have to worry because they don't ever think about anything real or deep. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, it it can be great. At, at uh, there's there's tons of proof of of, of different substances, not just uh, LSD and psilocybin, but um, uh, things like DMT and ketamine mm-hmm. with PTSD and uh, depression, and uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, they they give it to terminally ill patients to help them mm-hmm. deal with the concept of death, and it has had outrageously positive um result. Yeah. uh I, i'm gonna i'm gonna mess this up really bad but i know <laughs> i read this study a few years ago um i'm not gonna get the details exactly right but i want to say uh about it was it was like 20 scientists in uh sweden uh every day for 20 years a group of like 16 of them or something maybe it's 20 would uh microdose LSD mm-hmm. and coffee, uh, and you know, a microdose is something where, uh, it, for listeners, I'm sure you know, but listeners, you yeah. know, microdose is such a small amount that you don't really, you're not supposed to feel it at right. all, and uh, you sort of, uh, and you can kind of build it up over time. It's not that you build it up and start developing hallucinations or anything, but uh, it, it becomes a, a part of your system and sort of your 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 mental. Uh, uh, your brain makeup and um, right uh, they did this for like I want to say 15 years and they studied and they they produced basically like a journalistic kind of explanation of their lives and and all these people were 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 happy and healthy a lot of them had ended up um, a a lot of the scientists within the group had ended up uh, you know getting together and getting and getting married you know, like it, the the their quality of life seemed to be significantly high. It, it was significantly higher than mm-hmm. uh, people in Sweden, which is you know considered one of the happiest places in the world as far right. as you know living and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's really fascinating and it's and it's frustrating that uh, 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 these drugs are illegal because because you know scientists aren't really able to do the research on them that they could we could have shit if we if we hadn't spent the last 30 years having a war on drugs 
we might have developed a, 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 a you know you could go to Walgreens and mm -hmm. and uh, get an over-the-counter medicine that instantly cures your your depression or something like that. it drives me crazy when, when I think about that when I think about the, the amount of time and, and money spent on that and now they're finally going back and they're looking like at MDMA and they're looking at the, uh, all the all of these medical purposes for these drugs which they could have done in the 1950s or they were actually doing in the 50s and the 60s and then they just completely stop it even stuff like methamphetamine and cocaine these are this let me i, I want to get back to something that you said though aside from just the medical purposes all of this stuff should be legal i think everything should be legal but the, you mentioned the word control the greatest thing about legalizing drugs is that you're able to modulate the, the portion size of a product and make sure that it's commercially safe. So that like if you, you don't smoke one giant cigarette, you buy a pack of 20. And that's right. the way you would mod mod modulate cocaine or any kind of drug, uh, uh, um, oxy. I mean, the people that are dying from oxy aren't dying from the prescriptions. Uh, the, the overwhelming majority is street purchased uh, opiates, which are basically laced with uh, what's called fentanyl, which is fentanyl. basically. But or it, it, other, all of this other, other things. They found all yeah. sorts of crazy other things, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the scariest thing is someone marketing, you, you think you're going to buy cocaine and you end up buying fentanyl, which is the exact, you know, opposite. <laughs> yeah. One goes up, one goes down. And that's, that's how people end up dead yeah and 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 it yeah. ends up with this stigma and 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 like, like you said yeah if if we were able to have doctors who could sit down and prescribe you the the right amount and and yeah uh, like i said a micro dose or or, or yeah. whatever um uh, uh yeah there's there's so much that that uh that could could be uh, uh could have been fixed that you know a lot of a lot of uh these have shown to um even even uh, uh there's been some uh, families of psychoactive drugs that have shown to, to battle cancer. Um, mm -hmm. uh, do you know um, uh, uh, who Alexander Shulgin is? I know the name. Yeah. I know he, the last name. He's an American chemist who's basically uh, come up with, he, he synthesized an entire family of, of uh, uh, drugs uh, uh, called the two C's, the two C family. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he had a, he had a big part in, uh, I think he discovered MDMA or maybe someone else did and they lost the formula, but he basically was able, uh, he, he was big with the uh, MDMA and mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, like I'm saying, you know, like these guys, uh, they spent all this time trying to prove to people uh, that these things, uh, uh, that, that these chemicals, these substances could be helpful. And the trick that they learned, uh, to get, to get around the government trying to make all these drugs illegal is that, you know, all you have to do to change, uh, a substance into something else is, you know, change like a hydrogen molecule or something like that. So, you right. Know, the, the, and, and it's a waste of the government's time and money because they're constantly trying to chase down these quote unquote new drugs that are hitting the street or whatever um, and, and making them illegal. So, you know, uh, like I said, uh, Shulgin's known for uh, uh, discovering the 2C family, which is uh, a psychedelic um, 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm no chemist, but basically there's 2CE and then they would outlaw that. And then so he came up with 2CI and they would outlaw that. And then he would come up with 2CB and they would outlaw that <laughs> constant. There's this constant like chase that's coming around and they never get that's to great. stop. But the worst part yeah. is they never get to stop and examine these mm-hmm. these uh, chemicals and see what they could really be used for and, and, and right. how they can help people. Um, here's another, but you know what? Here's another different. thing. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't really see much of a a, a, a medical use for something like cocaine. Uh, certainly yeah. not, uh, certainly not heroin, and certainly not like a. You know, it, it's really funny to me that uh, that uh, uh, you know, um, I forget. It's like it's like a. a uh, Adderall is one like hydrogen yeah. molecule away from being uh, methamphetamine, like crystal, crystal meth. Right. I mean, when you, but you know what? the bottle, it says amphetamine. What you're taking yeah. is methamphetamine. So you've got half the country walking around basically uh, addicted to meth because yeah, you know, uh, that's that's the kind of work we need in the world. We need people who who yeah. can work 16 hour days and be hooked on on Adderall and and, and doctors to push it and make money off of it, you know? Yeah, so, it's incredible. Yeah. Everywhere, when I was working in media, I want, uh, in almost every venue that I worked at, there was 20 to 30% of the workers were on Adderall, and you could tell by their, they had tremendous focus, no creativity. It was very interesting. But I want to bring up another <laughs> thing that kind of, you know what, it's just the, the robot. The thing that I find interesting is that, even if something something doesn't have a medical purpose, it should still be legal because who who gives it? Like a martini is legal. There's no medicinal purpose unless it's it's unless you want to talk about reducing anxiety. Like if somebody says to me, I don't think opiates. I don't think you you can buy, you should be able to buy opiates over the counter because um, you know it's it's addictive. And I go, well, the, everything good is is addictive. But it's like who who the hell are you? to tell me what I can do to my body. If I want to seek oblivion in any, any way, shape or form, yeah. why is that a moral, why is that a moral decision? Why is that a moral? De- that's not a moral decision for you to make. It's for me to make, unless I'm hurting somebody else. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even hurting myself. You know, I, the control. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Go, go, go ahead and finish your thought. Cause I agree. I essentially agree. I was just going to add to it. Yeah. It's just, it's weird because like, if you allow the human being to control, these these uh, products they control then they can control the consequences as well. But if you take the control out of it, they are, then they can't control the end result because then they get the bad drug or they take too much or they eat a pot brownie and they didn't realize how much pot was in the brownie and now they're you know now they're at the ER. But all of these things can be controlled when you give it to the the individual. And sure, there's going to be people who are going to be addicted, people who are going to overdose and die. But we're already having that now with them being illegal. My guess is it goes down like it did. I think it's, is it Peru? I can never Portugal. 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 Yeah. And I think uh, uh, there's a, uh, there is a South American country, maybe Uruguay, Paraguay. Yeah. But Portugal. I think so. And, and, and you're seeing it. Yeah. All the countries that take it less seriously. I mean, you've been to Australia, right? Yeah. Long everything, time ago, everything there is is incredibly illegal. You look at Southeast Asia, where everything is incredibly illegal, right? Everyone yeah. is a drunk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I've 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 never seen. Uh, you know, in, in Australia, the uh, 
the 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 level of like daily drunkenness and just the the, mm-hmm. the amount that people would drink and the, the you know bars staying open until four or five a.m. everywhere. You know, it mm-hmm. just it just goes to show that like um, it's not about people's health. It's not about uh, 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 you know the morality of any of it. It's it's all about the money. You know, uh, yeah, alcohol exactly. Was able to take over. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, just look at how we used to give, you know, opium, uh, mm-hmm. to babies for toothaches and things like that. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, uh, uh, I would, uh, I, I knew that if I, if I had cancer and I was in some kind of severe, uh, uh, pain that I would want, um, you know, like clean opium, from a flower right. than yeah, like you said, some um, uh, Percocet that was that was brewed in a lab and pressed <laughs> and, and shipped to me, you know. And I and I think that that does have side effects. I tend to uh, stray towards uh, uh, drugs that kind of occur in, within nature, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 weed, obviously. Uh, 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 you know, um, DMT is something that I'm a huge proponent of that, that mm-hmm. is in almost everything, almost every plant it's in our brains. It's, uh, we have a, a huge amount of it in our brains, uh, when we're born and supposedly our brains are flooded with it before we die. That's supposed to, um, uh, some, some philosoph- drug philosophers, uh, think that's the experience of, you know, watching your life mm-hmm. flash before your eyes and, Things like that, um, but uh, yeah, I, I I forgot where we were going with that specific question. But yeah. Okay, because you know why we're running out of time anyway. I gotta I gotta put on my hair and makeup because I gotta look uh, cute. And you got and you yeah. have to go pick up somebody at the airport. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I'm not I'm not in a rush. <laughs> I I I want to stay on forever. It's, all right. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave a. This is my this is my advice since this is mm-hmm. what we to talk about if we if, if someone ever wants to try a psychedelic they should pursue finding dmt um, yes it's uh, a short high right isn't it a, like a it, 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 high, like it, it's very high or, or it's mm-hmm. very short it's very short it's um the most intense uh now the way that you can take it uh, you know uh, it, it has many names ayahuasca that it's also right uh, the active ingredient in the toad venom that you, you may have heard about and, th- and things like mm-hmm. that. But, but DMT essentially is all over the place. But when, when you smoke pure DMT, it's like you said, the veil is lifted back. Or, or do you remember uh, the movie Videodrome with James Woods? Yes, of course. Okay. That so was you great. Know, yeah. David Cronenberg. So, yep. So, you know, in the scene where uh, uh, he's, looking at the TV and it pans yes. out and it's him watching. He's watching himself watch the TV. That's yes. sort of what happens with DMT at first is that you're sort of pulled back to see, um, this shape of reality. And, uh, uh, uh you, you pulled back to sort of see, uh, the shape of your reality. And then you kind of see, the shape of the universe as a whole. Some people go places. They've they've talked about uh, 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 meeting different uh, uh, types of, of, of creatures. And and what's interesting is that 
when people share stories, a lot of them, when they describe what they can describe, it's all very similar. So, so mm -hmm. it's something that if I could make everyone in the world have to try a drug one time, I would make everyone smoke DMT once, all at once. And I think, <laughs> I think everyone would instantly drop all the bull that they've got going on in the world. And, and mm -hmm. you feel connected. You feel, you feel, um, uh, a sense, you feel that higher power. And when you feel this higher power, it's something that, that, that you kind of like, like you said, your friend cannot stop thinking about it. They had yeah. sort of a taste of that higher level of consciousness. And even though it sort of scared them at first, you know, I, I bet that they want to try it again sometime. I bet they've mentioned think, wanting to try it again, huh? Or, or, or have I think they said think, never, ever again? I think it's the, I think she's right in the middle of that where it's like, well, she, she's terrified, but she's curious. And so she's reading about, now she's reading about it. She's listening to people. I think what it did was it, it, it permanently changed the way she looked at reality. And I've heard this from other people that they, they suddenly they realize how subjective reality is yes. and that we all, we all operate with these frameworks that are kind of put on us. And that took that framework away. The thing, a, a DMT, um, is it the, the, is a common initial side effect vomiting? Is that, uh, or am I confusing it with a different? Um, no, no, a, a lot of people vomit. It, it, it gives yeah. you a very intense body high, and I don't really know the science, science behind yeah. it. So some people pass out for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, and, and, and I've seen people pass out and vomit and stuff like that. That's why you always want someone around. And when you, when you do ayahuasca, which is DMT in, in a tea form, you know, that's a much longer yes. trip. That can last, you know, eight to 12 hours. But if you just smoke Ugh. DMT, they call it the businessman's trip because in like 45 minutes, you're essentially back to normal. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're right. I think, I think you put it on perfectly is that, is that you're able to sort of, uh, uh, well, what, what did Huxley say? You're the, 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 windows of perception are wiped clean you know you've got mm -hmm. all this, this junk and this these things that you've learned and 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 established and and, and that have that have sort of uh developed over your vision that sort of clouds mm -hmm. things or it gives defines things you know uh and, and and so it allows you to look at things differently that's why uh so many musicians and artists were so into it because it's like you know for example it's like well you know, I'm looking at this chair and I know what a chair is. I know a chair has agency in the sense that I should sit in it. But what <laughs> if I did this? And then you know, somebody, you know, uh, 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 turns it upside down and then it's suddenly yeah. a piece of art because they've made some kind of commentary on um, uh, uh, a, a, a perfect example is uh, I think Foucault wrote it, but a short book called this is not a pipe and what it is, mm -hmm. is painting of a pipe and it right. talks about you know like you said the subjectiveness of it you walk up to somebody and say well what is this they would say a painting or somebody might mm -hmm. say a pipe or somebody might mm -hmm. say a painting of a pipe so right. yeah I, I think the best part about it and and what it's really done is allowed me to um uh connect with uh, 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 guys like you much easier where we where mm -hmm. if, uh, 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 10 years ago I didn't have as much uh, experience with psychedelics I probably wouldn't have been able to 
um, embrace or sort of put myself in your shoes and see your perspective, which right. you know, like, that's what that's I think. What that's what I wish all the cops in the world could do right now is just smoke DMT once. And then you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll suddenly understand, you know, that, 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 that the, the sort of, not the fear that people live in from cops necessarily, but that they'll understand that the rest of the world is, is, is one big community and, and, and to have, mm-hmm sides and ideologies i think ideology ideal the worst is, is the worst it's it's dangerous it's the worst. there's never a perfect system and no there isn't and, and, and it's, it's psych- just psychedelics it's, it's are great because psychedelics are great because they obliterate that they they allow you yeah. to to understand to, they help you think in more abstract ways that um you know uh uh, uh yeah, that 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 things have perspective and and that things change and that you know exactly what you're saying earlier. It, it all goes back to how um, uh, uh, people refuse to step outside of their own perspective. Uh, and, yeah, and, and 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 psychedelics help that a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, Riley, this is this, this has been great. Uh, if, if any of the uh, listeners want to pick up an album, the, the latest one is Nightmare Logic, which is fantastic. Uh, and then you'll want to go back and get uh, Manifest Decimation. And I'm looking forward to the third one. I know it's going to take some time, but uh, um, you, you, the band will get back on its feet, I'm sure. And it's going to be great. If it's, if it's not soon, it's going to be sooner, I hope. I, I don't we're, know. We're, but. we're not too worried about it. And, and yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back out into it. And if not, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll figure out a way. Um, and yes. I, you know, I want to thank you before you let me go. I want to thank you listeners for, um, uh, letting us babble about, uh, <laughs> something that I'm sure they're not that into and probably just sounds like a bunch of bullshit, but, uh, you know, you'd be surprised. There's a small right. portion of, of Fox people who are, remember, if you were, if you, being a teenager in the 60s puts you in your 60s now. That's true. That's so, true. That's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean. All right, I, buddy. I, all right, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. 